Welcome back to the Movie Bubble Podcast. This week, you've got myself, Colin, and I'm joined as usual by Nick and Brennan. And this week, we're talking about the opening weekend for Stuber and Crawl. And please remember, you can always check us out online at moviebabblereviews.com. So this week's top five, we've got Spider-Man Far From Home in first, again, with 45.3 million. Uh, No real surprise there, followed by Toy Story 4 in the number two spot with 20.665 million domestic. Number three spot is Crawl, opening up to 12 million domestic, followed by Stuber in the number four spot at 8.043 million domestic. And yesterday rounds out the top five with 6.75 million domestic. So it's not really a surprising week. Um, Everything is kind of playing out as predicted. Spider-Man is on its way to becoming the highest grossing Spider-Man movie. It's pretty close right now. It's sitting at about $847 million worldwide. Spider-Man 3 is currently the highest grossing, and that is just around $890 million. So I think Far From Home will overtake that here in the next few weeks. And as we talked about last week, it's it's definitely going to be a billion-dollar movie at this point. Uh, for sure. I think that this film's uh, continuing success is, is a sign that the MCU is not slowing down post-Endgame. Um, we're probably not going to see something to the magnitude of Endgame for a long time still to come. But uh, I think that um, it, this just proves that they have so much, so much might, uh, so, much, so much heavy, heavy pull in terms of box office worldwide even because this film's just jumping up like crazy. And I didn't expect it to have a massive second weekend just considering the fact that it did come out midweek. Uh, so I think $45 million domestically in your second weekend for a film that premiered on a Tuesday or Wednesday midweek, whatever it was, that's pretty good. It's pretty solid in there. I think they're pretty happy with those numbers heading into uh, some heavy competition with The Lion King next weekend. Yeah, that drop is actually a really solid number for this movie. It's 51.1%. Uh, it's re- yeah, as you mentioned, for a movie that opened like early in the week that's really good that signs a really strong hold um especially because it was a holiday weekend but yeah it's far from home is it's gonna probably break uh, over a billion in like the next like week or two i'd probably give that over under like a solid like 10 10 10 and a half days it'll probably break that number so yeah this is just it's just a really solid opening it's kind of funny you just really see um, off the coattails of Endgame, it just people were excited to see what's coming next, and we're now in a post-Endgame MCU, and this is they're probably uh, positioning Tom Holland and Spider-Man to be the lead of that. I mean, we can kind of we'll see what happens with uh, negotiations moving forward with the Spider-Man character between Sony and Marvel, but uh, yeah, this is a this is just really solid for them. It's really good numbers. Yeah, and I think it kind of resembles how the first Avengers really bled into all the other movies. So you had Iron Man 3 uh, grossed, I think, around $1.3 billion after the year after uh, the first Avengers came out. And Thor The Dark World grossed like twice what Thor the, the original movie had grossed. And I think we're just seeing that hype kind of bleed over in the same fashion. Yeah, and it's this is why Marvel is so great and how they've kind of just, just revolutionized just movies and in story in storytelling where the one of the two or probably the biggest thing coming out of spider-man far from home was was holy shit 
J.K. Simmons is back <laughs> as J. Jonah Jameson. And it immediately gets you excited for the next movie. Like, people were more excited talking about what's going to happen in, I guess, what's going to be the second Spider-Man 3. Uh, they're more excited talking about what's coming than the movie itself, which I think is just really fascinating. Like, Marvel just continuously creates this machine where you really enjoyed the movie that just came, but you even get more excited for what's coming because they have these those little stingers. That they've, they've, they're just better at that than anybody else. So, yeah, it's this isn't going to stop anytime soon. They're so good at this. It's like they're doing it in their sleep at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's hard to, like, even Endgame, you know, like, it had some pretty definitive endings, but it leaves the door wide open. Spider-Man kind of forces that door open even more. And they're going to get ready to announce a lot of the upcoming slate uh, for the Marvel Universe here in the next month or so uh, once D23 comes around. So I think we're just going to see even more of this hype bleed into next year as well. Yeah, it's interesting. We have quite a long time till the next one. It's Elementals come out next next fall, I think it is. It's slated around there. And I have no idea what to expect from that movie. That's going to be really fascinating. You know, Millie Bobby Brown is in there. Angelina Jolie is in there too. It's just, that's going to be a wacky movie. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And... I'm looking forward to also uh, the black, the black widow prequel next year as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, because we're pretty big names attached to that project. So um, I, I thought it was kind of bold to, at this point, kill her off in Endgame and then have a prequel for her. But I guess that's kind of cool that she gets kind of her own movie to kind of, uh, kind of, say goodbye with uh, her character and uh, her her kind of the legacy with the MCU, Scarlett Johansson. So I'm looking forward to see the film just because of the cast behind it and kind of what it means uh, for the MCU and for her. But I thought it was an interesting choice to have this movie come out post uh, her death. Yeah, and I think, you know, they're also getting into some, like, more of their offshoot characters here in the next couple of years. So, like, Shang-Chi is their next solo debut which is like a pretty lesser known superhero <laughs> and uh like a, a kind of risky thing to go with but you look at like they built the mcu off of thor and iron man who were pretty much c-list characters until then um so i have no doubt we're gonna have like these characters nobody's heard of before that are just gonna pop up and be you know iron man level status here in the next couple of years and that's the thing too i think that this franchise, uh, what they've been able to do, and, and not even just the MCU uh, under Disney and uh, this kind of last 11 years, but just Marvel in general, even dating back to uh, the original uh, Raimi Spider-Man, what they've been able to do is introduce us time and time again to new, uh, odd, out-there superheroes that the general public doesn't really know about. Um, and, and they make it fresh, they make people excited about it, and they make them normal. Um, I think when the first Ant-Man came out, I was kind of shaking my head. I was scratching my head. I was like, what, Ant-Man? What is this? I see it. It's a fun movie. It's a fine movie. Now Ant-Man is pretty normal. Uh, it's a pretty normal superhero. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, was probably the biggest step that the MCU took in kind of showing that they can literally turn anything into a massive hit. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll, they'll be fine from here on out. But uh, it's interesting because people say, you know what, the Iron Mans of the world are gone, Captain America gone. Uh, we've done a lot of these other big heroes. Uh, what what can they do from this point on? And and that's when I say a lot of the heroes that they started out with really weren't high-profile superheroes. Um, so so I, have, I have full confidence that they're going to turn them into normal mainstream heroes. Everyone's going to know about them. Everyone's going to love them. And then we'll be saying, don't you guys, uh, don't the kids these days, why don't they remember Iron Man? <laughs> um, so uh, there you go. 
Yeah, it's it's at this point you you're in a movie theater, and I've I've actually heard this many times. Where you're in, you're just seeing a movie, and uh, it's regular old crowd, and uh, a trailer shows up and has that Marvel logo on it, and you hear people are like, "Well, shit, I guess I gotta go see that movie." So they've just <laughs> it's just they've created the, the this this TV way of storytelling that they've done. It just makes it like necessary for everyone to go see every movie and the machine just keeps turning and turning so it's it's not stopping anytime soon mm-hmm. yeah so we'll kind of wrap up spider-man from there and go on to toy story so toy story 4 is at its fourth week at the box office and is still pulling in pretty consistent numbers um you know it, i think it'll take a bit of a dip this coming week just with some more disney competition coming in but overall um, you know, 20.6 million in week four is still pretty solid for the domestic call. And we're kind of seeing no evidence of Toy Story 4 really slowing down in any significant manner at this point. Yeah, it's holding really well from week to week. And this is kind of what I posited when it first came out. And we, it, the, the opening n- number was, was solid. It was the highest over in Toy Story and Toy Story uh, history. And, but we just, all of us just kind of expected it to, op- to just pop a little more than it did, but yeah, it's holding really well from week to week. This week was sub forty percent drop, and right now it's the the fifth highest domestic uh, Pixar movie ever, and it's only ten million behind Inside Out, so it's gonna surpass that soon. And it's about seventy million behind Toy Story three to become the highest grossing Toy Story f- uh, movie. Uh, domestically so it'll probably get close to that one and probably eke past it so uh yeah this it's doing great and it's good to see it it's a really lovely movie and yeah it's it's awesome good for them <laughs> uh kind of looking at the worldwide numbers uh, 771 million dollars worldwide this is a huge film um and i don't quite know how what the ceiling is for this thing i i think that we can i don't know are you guys ready to rule out a billion dollars it's at 771 right now I'm not ready to rule it out. It's this this movie is really just holding on, and I don't know. I mean, I think it's definitely. I think 900 million is definitely within the realm of possibility. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think that I can definitely agree with that. Um, it'll be interesting interesting to see how it performs overseas uh, because it looks like it does have a pretty strong hold from uh, week to week here domestically. But uh, uh, with the Lion King coming out next weekend it might might change change things a little bit who knows but but it's it's looking great and it's a huge success yet again yeah i'm not ready to rule out a billion just because you know we don't really know how the lion king's gonna go and i mean we'll we'll touch on this next week obviously but you know it hasn't had the best early reviews but at the same time it's the lion king with childish gambino and beyonce i mean like it, it has a lot going for it um so i think if the lion king is just a massive billion dollar hit i don't think toy story 4 will be but if the lion king kind of falls short i think toy story 4 will pick up a lot of that audience and a lot of that slack and just keep going with kind of the same legs we've seen on it now yeah and it's also i mean we've kind of seen a a lackluster disney live action movie already come out this year and it was aladdin and that movie's done crazy numbers too so you never know. Member berries just might pull us through here, and it might become another just crazy hit with Lion King. So, yeah, it's. I mean, it's all going back to Disney in the end. So, what does it matter? But it's it's just yeah, it's it's definitely something uh, worth checking out in future weeks. Because I, 
I mean, it's holding really well and people love it. So it's like, yeah, it's Toy Story 4. It's great. Like people are going to go back and see it time and time again. So we'll see this one. I think we're going to see this one in the top five for at least a couple more weeks. And just quickly touching on um, Aladdin as well. That's a film that's fast approaching a billion dollars. As you said, it's it's, it's kind of a, the surprise hit. 960 million worldwide. It added another 5.8 domestically this weekend. I think with the help of The Lion King, maybe some double features because we know that uh, Dumbo got some uh, double double features when Aladdin came out. We'll probably see that again uh, with the Lion King for Aladdin. Um, I think that 100% in the end, Aladdin's going to pass a billion dollars. Uh, but yeah, it'll be really neat to see what the Lion King can pull next weekend. Yeah, it'll definitely be one to watch because um, it, like I, I think it'll be a huge success just because it has so much more going for it because of the original and because of who's involved. But I mean, you never know. It, it could go the other way, but I, I really doubt it. So with that being said, we'll move on to the number three at the box office, which was Crawl, uh, which opened up to 12 million domestically. Uh, I think this movie is the best worst movie I've ever seen. Um, like it's, <laughs> it's a B movie premise and it just lives up to that. It doesn't really try to be anything. It's not it like the, the people behind the movie, uh, Alexandre, uh, Eha, Aha. And uh, Sam Raimi, like you can tell, they know what people are there for. Uh, you just want to see crocodiles eat people, or sorry, alligators eat people, and that's what you get. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm there's. Looking forward to um, it. <laughs> yeah, they. You, Con, you shared this review with us early in this week, which just it perfectly summed it up. Where it was something to the effect of, you wanted to see alligators uh, attack the shit out of people, and this movie has alligators attacking the shit out of people. Like it's. <laughs> I I can't imagine anyone going to this movie and being pissed off because it's like it's literally exactly what they market. Like it's just people trapped in alligators, just angry alligators everywhere. That's literally the entire movie, and it's only like what like eighty five minutes long. So, um, I, it's I I for, this movie did okay in its opening weekend. It made like sixteen million worldwide. So off a thirteen and a half million dollar budget, which is fine. I'm sure this movie will probably definitely double or maybe even triple its budget which is good for paramount but uh i just can't see i just foresee this movie just being like a really solid cable watch people will rent it and be like well i just kind of wanted to see alligators just fuck shit up and that's exactly what it is <laughs> so uh it, there's definitely an audience for this movie and I, it's gonna do fine for in a couple weeks however long it is in theaters so uh up here kind of just uh living living in a little outside of toronto up here i'm not very connected to hurricanes. It's not something that uh, affects <laughs> me or, peop- or people here or people here that often. But when I first saw the promotional uh, footage and the uh, commercials, the trailers, I thought maybe this thing would actually have a decent market just because um, I know some of these things can be very tragic and it isn't not going to joke about anything like that. But I thought um, that maybe it, just because hurricanes and tropical storms have been kind of prevalent these last few years that I, I think this was kind of a decent gimmick to pull but i i think i was proven wrong uh the movie did fine but it didn't really blow up i thought it would do a little bit better we'll see how it does week to week though i, I think this will be a good streaming movie um just because it is like it's something you don't really need to get too engaged with um like you're there for alligators attacking people um like people get dismembered people get attacked like all throughout it's a good movie to just like <laughs> chill out at home <laughs> have on in the background and you're 
like just enjoy like there's nothing to really take away from it just watch people get terrorized by alligators for two hours or not even two hours hour and a half and like that's it that's all you need from it that's all it is yeah and back to brennan's point i think they definitely wanted this movie i mean obviously they wanted to make as much money as possible but i think they were really hoping for a certain type of like don't breathe break out small move like small contained claustrophobic movie because the movie cost nothing and it was a crazy hit back when it came out in like 2016 i think and and the marketing was like oh from the producer of don't breathe and like all this stuff and Sam Raimi, they had his name plastered all over. So they were really trying to get into that audience. Uh, but yeah, it's 16 million worldwide. It's kind of having a slow release um, internationally. It's going to actually, like one of its last markets is Brazil. And that's the name. And it gets on even get there until September, late September. So this movie will slowly reach out to people. And I'm sure it's not going to make a ton, but. This is this is the good thing with making smaller budget movies where you really don't have to make crazy hits to recoup your money. So it's I mean, yeah, it's not great to start, but it's it's a fun it's a fun, silly movie where people just get ripped apart. And it's great. (laughs) It's a great functional movie that I can't imagine anyone being too angry about seeing. Yeah, it's hard not to enjoy. Like, <laughs> oh, it's so it, like if you go in with the right expectations, like it's just like yeah, it's exactly what it is. People are gruesomely injured, and they're trying to figure out how to stop all these alligators, and it's just it's just kind of fun in that way. And it's it, the tension's solid. It's fully functional, and um, like I, I don't really care when they stop everything to have a daughter like father daughter moment but like yeah whatever the movie's less than 90 minutes it, it zips along <laughs> it plays see alligator and it's closing credits it knows what it is it's it's here to be schlocky fun and so if you're into that you're gonna probably do fine with this movie yeah so that is the opening weekend of crawl and we'll move into stuber which is actually under the Disney Fox merger, this is Disney's first R-rated movie in, I think, six years, um, somewhere around that timeline. Um, but it opened up to $8 million domestic. Not necessarily a huge opening, especially when you consider it's got uh, Kumail Nanjiani and Dave Bautista as its leads. Uh, they're pretty popular in the uh, comedy and, and movie world. Uh, so it's not starting off very strong. But you know, as far as how it is as a movie, I know you guys saw it this weekend. I didn't get a chance to. Yeah, it's it's actually it's it got kind of weird reviews. People either kind of really were not for it or were like, yeah, this movie's great and it's an un, it's a hidden gem. And I'm somewhere in the middle. I think this movie's fine. It's really funny. Um, I think Batista and Nanjiani are great together. I'd love to see them team up for more movies because they're just really funny together. Um, movie around them isn't amazing, uh, but they're kind of funny enough to kind of keep you the power you through the entire time. But uh, yeah, this is a weird one. I can't imagine. Is this like the worst titled movie we've had this year? <laughs> like what the like what the fuck is Stuber? Like I get his name is Stu and he drives an Uber, but like he didn't. He didn't put that in any of the marketing. Like people just kind of saw that title and were like, "What the hell is this movie?" Uh, I think this is probably the worst marketed movie of this year because there's even like there's a subplot in this movie where Dave Bautista just like 
had LASIK surgery, so he's like basically blind the whole movie, and like <laughs> you have a, you would have no idea if you like by that if you watch the trailer. Like this, it's just weird. Like I feel like Disney didn't know what to do with it, with it being one of their first R-rated movies in a while. It's just oddly oddly marketed, decent movie. It's just it's an oddity. It's a weird one. Yeah, you know what I had fun with this movie. Um... I, I enjoyed it a lot, actually. I, I don't think it's a it's it's a phenomenal film, but I think it was a really good time. I had fun with it. Um, Nanjiani and Batista, as you said, great chemistry throughout the film. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's kind of odd marketing. And Stuber, yeah, I didn't really even when I went up to the ticket booth to get the ticket, I didn't really know uh, uh, how to pronounce it when I was telling the uh, telling the guy. <laughs> um, and he agreed. He said, "Yeah, I don't know either." <laughs> but. Uh, you know what? This this is a fun film. I thought it was all right, and for a comedy, I mean, it's open up opening up to mediocre numbers. Um, Eight million dollars this week, and I'm sure it didn't cost a ton to make. Um, but it looked like they had a lot of fun, kind of making this movie. Uh, Batista and Nanjiani. It looked like they had uh, a lot of fun together. So, I mean, it's a fine film for sure. Yeah, it's it only cost sixteen million to make. So, like this eight million mark and. Domestically isn't the worst thing in the world. I mean, obviously you want more, but I mean, you don't have, you don't have to recoup much. And um, yeah, it's it is yeah, this is weird. I this, this movie was so poorly marketed. I feel like it just like I I wonder if this one will pick up steam from word of mouth because that's really the only way. Because it's just <laughs> I keep rapping on it. This movie was awfully marketed. It, I just think it's so this is just such a misfire. I think there's definitely an audience for this kind of thing. So um, yeah. Uh, not great start, but uh, it's it's fine. Like we said, sixteen million dollar budget. It could be a lot worse. Yeah, I mean, it, it could definitely be in worse shape. So we'll move on from that to yesterday, uh, which has continued to have these pretty solid legs underneath it. Um, it actually opened in about one hundred and forty one more theaters this week. Um, so I'm not sure what territory that opened in, but it did keep it around a thirty thirty two point nine percent drop. At 6.75 million, um, like this movie is just pulling in a decent amount of money every weekend. It's up to about 80.5 million worldwide, and has been a, just a nice little hit. Yeah, I finally picked. I finally saw this movie. It's taken a while. It's I don't know one of the movies I just missed, and I you can you can really see why this movie has had smaller week to week drops because just every time this movie blasts a Beatles song and like, like just like as loud as possible. You're, you just sit there in the theater and you're like, Holy shit, the Beatles are awesome. And this is really cool. And it has, it's kind of like, I mean, it's nowhere near the success that this, that Bohemian Rhapsody was, but it's kind of successful in that same way where it's just every so often you'll just hear a really popular song blared on in like Wembley stadium or something like that. And you're just like, Holy shit, this is really, really cool. And it has great moments like that. So, yeah, it's made a little cozy. It's made a cozy little profit. It's $26 million budget. It's broken 80 worldwide. Uh, I'm sure Universal has probably, probably expected this movie to do a little more than that, um, given its really high concept premise. It's probably one of the best premises for a movie, like, in the last few years. But, um, yeah, it's doing okay. You can't really complain. Uh, yeah, you know, I actually um, was – was pretty uh, excited for this film just because I, uh, you know, it, it wasn't one that I that blew me away the uh, marketing material or the trailers, but I thought I thought it actually had a pretty neat premise, and I think there's a lot more in here than just. Um, I mean, I don't know if anyone listening wants to go check this thing out. I'm not going to go in uh, too deep with what the film is 
all about um, besides what's shown. But I think there's a little bit more in here uh, in terms of kind of uh, it's not just it's not just about everyone forgets what the Beatles were. I think there's a little bit more in there. So I think that's, it's, it's kind of neat. Um, I think that it had potential to do a little bit more with that. Um, but no, it's a really enjoyable movie. I, I just checked it out too. Uh, finally got to see it just a few days ago and I had a lot of fun with it. I think that the uh, two leads, they're really nice together. Uh, the film's fine. It's really good. Um, and it is kind of one of those movies that I think word of mouth would help it. I, I, I like it. I would tell someone if they're looking for a movie to see, go see it because I, I think it's a, it's a good movie. It's a fun movie. And I think it was a good time. Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of like a uh, crawl. Like it's, there's not, like there, there are obviously some flaws in it, but there's not just a ton to complain about. Like it's a perfectly pleasant movie. Um, I mean, nobody gets dismembered by alligators, but you do get, uh, your emotions dismembered by the Beatles songs so it's uh, kind of the same effect I think that's the first time in the history of ever that someone's compared the Beatles to flesh eating gators so good good on you that was really good <laughs> I try I try to be uh, groundbreaking with my metaphors so yeah I, that one hit home uh, for me that was really good <laughs> yeah I mean overall it, it just hasn't been a very uh, divisive or really exciting shocking weekend at the box office everything is kind of playing out pretty predictably um we've got lion king coming up next week uh, that'll be massive probably we've got once upon a time in hollywood the week after that and then the summer box office will really start to slow down from there and we'll just kind of drop until we get to some of the, the horror releases and then into the uh, winter box office season so it's weird like we're we're pretty late in the summer box office already, especially considering, you know, it kind of started in April, um, but we're kind of nearing the end of it now and everything's just kind of slowing down. Yeah. You forgot to mention yeah, it's, it's sad. the Citizen Kane of, you forgot to mention the Citizen Kane of action movies coming out, Hobbs and Shaw, which I'm sure is going to be the, the greatest stupid movie ever made. <laughs> I'm I actually, completely forgot about that. <laughs> I just, that movie looks so stupid and I can't wait. <laughs> but What's I, the ceiling, do you think? It's going to be Crawl, but with guns and cars. Well, what and do you guys think the ceiling is, ceiling is for that film in terms of opening weekend numbers? Because you, we know that the Fast and Furious franchise has just become massive kind of these last six, seven, eight years, um, especially since Fast Five. This franchise has just blown up, even the last two movies, um, especially just insane. Uh, how do you think their first ever spin-off off is going to do um i mean i go ahead colin uh well like uh the last one the fate of the furious like nobody really liked that movie um but it made just a shitload of money like it it made ridiculous amounts of money especially coming off of uh furious 7 and i think hobbs and shaw like really takes everything that the fast of the furious has become and is like, we're giving you just the parts you're here for. And I, I think this is easily going to be a billion-dollar movie. Um, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if this outgrossed all of them. I, I wouldn't wow. be surprised if this was the new number one Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I hate all the Fast and Furious movies with a passion. Like, I mean, oh, I, it's, it's tough because I like parts of them, like, a lot. Like, there's some moments in Fate of the Furious where it's like Jason Statham's has a baby Bjorn on and he's shooting people in a plane. And I'm like, this is like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and then 
I'm, and then I see Vin Diesel try to act while Charlie's Theron whispers and shoots his kid or his daughter's mom or whatever the fuck happened in that movie. And I'm just like, I just don't need this <laughs> in my life. <laughs> so when I saw Hobbs and Shaw, it's just like that. This just looks like it's trimming all the fat off and it's just going to be absurd, un, like unself-aware, toxic masculinity. It's going to be incredible. Um, I, I like Colin. I see this movie doing really well. I'm not really sure about it's opening weekend, but I do know it's actually a really smart time for it to come out because it's really going to have no competition for weeks and, and weeks on, on end. Like it's first week of August. And after that, it's just like a bunch of smaller movies and maybe other movies that studios didn't have a lot of faith in. So I just kind of see it just kind of just chilling at number one for a while and just making a ton of money that way. So um, yeah. it'll, it'll definitely own the box office of August. Um, uh, looking at kind of the Fast and Furious franchise, though, I, I don't know. I mean, Furious 7 uh, is, is kind of the highest grossing one. Uh, it is the highest grossing Furi- Fast and Furious film overall, but domestically even, it's head and shoulders above the rest. So I don't know if this film can kind of get back to that those heights, but overseas, these movies just kill it. Yeah, The Rock, the Rock is also just huge in China uh, for whatever reason. Um, so... It's kind of the reason that Skyscraper wasn't a huge bomb or any of his other movies because they just markets really well over there. I don't really know what the reason is behind that, but that's just what it is. So um, I think this movie, like we always talk about the summer season kind of dragging. We've, I feel like we talk about that every year where it's just, oh, this movie, this summer season was, wasn't as great as it was. But I feel like that and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think, are really going to ignite it in whatever way they can. I think it's because it has been kind of it's been sleepy so far when. If when you look at it in total, well, I just want to ask also you. Got, that, oh. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I mean, sure. We've also got a much busier off season than you would normally have. I mean, like you look at just Marvel alone. Like Marvel turned February last year and March this year into like a movie with a billion dollar month. Um, and we have like a lot more of those kind of off season blockbusters that are coming out, um, that are just kind of spread throughout so they're not all choked up in the summer as much anymore and so i think we'll see a lot more kind of like steady longevity at the box office just coming out of out of the summer and out of like all the sleepiness we've still got uh, some pretty big movies coming up yeah and kind of one of the biggest ones next weekend the lion king i just wanted to get a number out of you guys what's the prediction for you guys opening weekend domestically for the lion king shoosh that's a tough one i don't know <laughs> i I would have said crazy something crazy if you would have asked me like a week or two ago, but like the it's kind of sitting around like a little below sixty percent of Rotten Tomatoes, which I mean a lot of people are probably noticing that, and I'm I wonder if it's going to be the same thing as Aladdin, where it opens around around like ninety or like a hundred, and then it kind of just people and you get word of mouth, whatever word of mouth is from there, people go to the theaters because I mean it's got such a big cast, but. I, I feel like there's a little bit of some kind of boredom with these live action movies. Maybe that's just me. I'm trying to spin something, but I don't know. I, this movie could do a number of things. I, if I had to guess, maybe like, I don't know, like 125, maybe I, okay. I've, I have no idea. I could be wrong. Um, well, I mean, I've already bought my ticket, so I guarantee you it's made <laughs> at least $14. Uh, not really. Cause I used my little A-list thing and I have no idea how much money they actually made. But I guarantee you it's at least made five. Um, <laughs> but on top of that, I don't know. I think I, – I just think it has, like, so much going for it because of, like, what it's 
coming from that I think it'll be, if not matching Aladdin at least, I think it'll be pretty close. Um, I mean, you just have, like, you have the legacy of the first Lion King, like you said, Nick, you have, like, all these talented people that are behind it in the cast. Like, you have John Favreau, who's pretty popular right now. Um, and, I mean, he put out The Jungle Book three years ago, and that was pretty close to a billion dollars. And, I mean, nobody ever really talked about that movie, and it still got close to a billion. Uh, the Lion King has been a hot topic since it was announced. Um, I, I really expect it to, to go over a billion. I mean, I just think there's too much hype around it. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree there too. Um, it's I like it's the Lion King, so I think it's just gonna get a lot of coverage just from that alone, and that's that's the reason why Disney does all this stuff, where they just scoop up whatever they have. Like we have another Maleficent movie coming out this October, and like no one wanted the first one, so like. Like they're just gonna keep doing it because it's just it's just such a great branding opportunity. Like it's the Lion King. Like people, everyone loves that. Everyone loves the first movie, and if you don't, like you kind of suck because it's just like why I hate that movie. Just right. a weird, it's a weird hill to, to die on. So I yeah I can't expect I don't expect this movie to do poorly at all. It, it's just gonna I think it just those reviews probably keep the will probably keep the opening weekend a little tame if I had to guess. Um, for me personally, so you got 125 opening weekend. Um, I I think that the reviews will do uh, nearly nothing. Uh, oh, uh, I think that we all expect. Mm-hmm. I think that we all expected this to kind of be a beat for beat kind of remake. Um, uh, and I think that what we're seeing in the reviews is terrific uh, visual effects. Uh, we we knew that. Um, I don't know. I think that this movie. If you were to ask me a month ago, I probably would have said 160. Today, I'm going to go 140. Um, just, and that's not just because the movie in general. That's just kind of basing this whole summer uh, around around my prediction here. I think that the movie's still going to be a massive hit just because it is The Lion King. I mean, Aladdin turned 90 million. It had the Memorial Day weekend. Um, uh, but I think The Lion King's just too big of, of a of a name not to not to do well i think 140 is the number i'm gonna go with i wouldn't be surprised though if it was 125 i mean i could see that happening we see the sunday numbers come in and it's around 125 but i could i also wouldn't be surprised if we saw 150 so i'm gonna go with a 140 and i think it's gonna be a billion dollar hit as well yeah and i think what's interesting about all these reviews is that and you see this with with all the disney movies um, you have, they're like, oh, well, this is basically just the original. It just looks nicer and newer. And like critics are saying, oh, this is, this is what's going to be what turns people off. But I feel like that's the only thing people really want when they go to see these. And so I feel like the, <laughs> the reviews don't, don't really impact this the way um, we've, we've kind of seen them impact other stuff like Men in Black or Dark Phoenix or Hellboy this year. Uh, because like people don't want anything better or worse than the original. They just want the original but newer and and that's all disney's really offering and i mean it's succeeded so far uh when you look at yeah sorry when you just real quick when you look at the live action remakes the only ones that have really seen good reviews from critics are uh the cinderella from 2015 and uh, the jungle book the jungle book received great reception um 
All the other ones are kind of middle of the road, 50 to 60%, maybe maybe into the high 60s um, on Rotten Tomatoes. Like all these films are kind of mediocrely reviewed, but they all seem to do great. And The Lion King, I think, is the biggest property of anything they've put out. Beauty and the Beast, may that's up there. Um, that movie did incredible, the live action movie. Uh, um, but I think that, I would argue that The Lion King is the most known animated property in the history of film. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess you could say good old Mickey Mouse, but that's not one single movie. Mickey Mouse is, is a brand of different things. I think The the Lion King of 1994 is arguably, I'm pretty sure, yeah, it's 1994, I'm pretty sure. I don't want to be wrong on that. <laughs> but uh, I think that that film is one that is probably the most known animated movie in history. Uh, that's just my guess. That's just how I, that's how I see things. Uh, there could be something that's more known. I think the original Snow White is also a pretty big movie. Um, but I just think on that alone, um, this film's going to, this film's going to do a lot. It's going to be big. Yeah, it's, it is, uh, it's a good point that Colin made where the, the one, the thing I immediately thought of was Dumbo earlier this year, which is like the only one of these movies not to be crazy successful, and that was probably the most wildly different from the original, where it was basically like a sequel on top of the original movie, and people were just like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> hashtag not, <laughs> hashtag not my Dumbo. Uh, <laughs> it's just the, it is it's the, it's a bit cynical to think of it that way, but people just really do kind of want to see this movie again. Um, and that's kind of why, like Aladdin, is just has killed uh, financially, and and the reviews weren't great, and I didn't really love it. But that doesn't really matter to a lot of people. They just kind of want to go see this movie. So um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna do well. So it's just a matter of how well well is, I guess. That's the way you'd say that. But yeah, it's gonna do what it's gonna do great. Yeah, and I mean, even if it doesn't. We've got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood the next week, so like all will be well within a week after that. So I, I'm not too worried. Yeah, and hey, there's there's a couple of great uh, little indie movies coming out as well. There's one that opened this week, The Farewell from A24, which uh, has the current record, or I guess is the current leader for highest per theater average this year. It beat Endgame, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about. It made. 87, 87,000 in four theaters, uh, which was, it's an Aquafina, Aquafina movie, which premiered at Sundance this year, which has gotten crazy good reviews. And I'm really excited to see that one. That movie's going to be ex- expanding this week as well. And then we have the other one I'm really looking forward to, which is, I think it's one of the best trailers I've seen in a really long time. It's The Art of Self-Defense. It's a Jesse Eisenberg movie. Um, kind of looks like a really fun takedown of, toxic masculinity um it's a karate movie uh it looks hilarious and i can't wait to see that and that movie's also expanding too so uh for the for all the hipsters out there that don't want to see lion king i, I got you back <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that kind of sums it up i mean next week we'll be here with lion king and we've, we've actually got like some pretty high profile uh three weeks in a row because we've got lion king uh once upon a time in hollywood then hobbs and shaw um, so we should have a, a little bit more of an exciting box office the next few weeks going forward. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Movie Bevel Podcast. And join us next week as we talk about the opening weekend for The Lion King. And as always, you can check us out online at moviebevelreviews.com. <laughs>